Gold investors anticipate record high prices this year when the fundamentals of a dovish pivot in US interest rates and continued geopolitical risk as well as central bank buying expected to support the market after what was a quite volatile 2023. We saw on the 4th of December gold hitting a record high of $2,135.40. That was on bets of US monetary policy easing early this year. After a perceived dovish tilt from the Fed, it has um, been scaled back a little as uh, we kick off the new year. The market now uh, expecting those cuts to come a little later on in the year. Well, the World Gold Council's Gold Demand Trend Report reveals that uh, annual gold demand excluding over-the-counter, fell to 4,448 tonnes last year. That's down just 5% from uh, quite a strong 2022. So uh, it's from a high base. When factoring in demand from the OTC market and other sources, total demand actually climbed to a new annual record of 4,899 tonnes. Well, I'm joined by uh, Krishan Gopal, who's a senior analyst for EMEA at the World Gold Council. Uh, Krish, great to chat to you again. And um, when you just look uh, through the lens of uh, of the rearview mirror a little bit as last year, it, you know, a 5% decrease in annual gold demand uh, compared to a strong 2022 is actually not bad. How do you interpret the slight dip and what factors contributed to the overall demand? You're, you're absolutely right, Michael. Um, it certainly was a, a relatively interesting year for gold. And as you say, on the back of a exceptionally strong 2022, if we do take a look at the various sectors, uh, starting with investment, we'll see that the bar and coin space softened slightly globally. But that was really a, a mixed picture with strength in eastern markets, offsetting weakness in the West. Um, and if we look at the ETF space, that was very interesting. Uh, we saw outflows pretty much consistently for the entirety of 2020. Um, and that led to an, an overall annual uh, decrease in, in AUM uh, for the third consecutive year. But offsetting those two uh, declines was um, the OTC investment, as you mentioned. That was up significantly to 450 tonnes last year. Um, it's a relatively opaque sport source, but it really does support the idea that that's, we did see investment react to, to the, uh, the gold price rally. Um, if we look at jewellery, that was relatively resilient. Um, uh, that was um, a record high in value terms. Um, a major contributor of that was China, which saw an, a 17% increase, particularly in, in Q4, which helped lift the annual total up uh, to 10% year on year. Um, and then if central banks was probably the biggest story of the year where we saw a, a second consecutive year of demand of over a thousand tonnes. Um, that was really supported by many of the names that we'd spoken about previously. So the People's Bank of China and the National Bank of Poland were two really big buyers of gold amongst a, a number of others. So it was, it was uh, as usual, a very interesting uh, market where we saw a number of different uh, stories at play. Now, what's driving central banks to these record gold purchases? And I suppose the the million dollar question is, will it last? So we run a survey every year where we we speak to central banks. And and one of the questions that we ask is, what are the the key reasons for them holding gold? Uh, And then the survey that we ran last year in May, um, it highlighted that that, uh, gold's performance in the time of crisis, as well as its its, uh, properties as an inflation hedge, um, were really high up on central banks' minds when it came to owning gold. And if you look at the the economic, the geopolitical environment that we're currently in, 
Um, certainly those factors are still as relevant as ever um, as we're, we're talking. So I think it's likely that central bank demand was well supported by that. Um, and if we look forward into the rest of 2024, uh, you know, unfortunately, it looks like the economic and, and geopolitical picture is unlikely to change significantly in the near term. So that that kind of supports our expectations that central banks will remain net purchases into to 2024, extending that trend of buying from central banks that we've seen since 2010. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's obviously been a lot of talk around um, de-dollarization. I also think there's been some diversification of reserves from the US dollar. Uh, and it's a, a great way of shoring up one's balance sheet and uh, gaining liquidity from uh, a really ubiquitous asset that's easy to, to trade without much credit risk. So uh, interesting to see the, the, the central bank role in the gold market uh, just uh, continuing as it has. Um, you know, investors, institutional or retail, largely in, in ETFs, have uh, continued to dump gold probably because it's um, not interest bearing and we see interest rates at record highs. Uh, would you agree with that? And what, what do you expect to happen this year, given the market is positioning for a Fed pivot uh, and a decline in interest rates? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right in pinpointing um, monetary policy around the world um, as being a key key factor in, in how we saw ETFs perform last year. Um, certainly, I think through much of the year, interest rates were rising. And then towards the end of the year, there was a real sharp turn in expectations that the Fed and, and many other central banks around the world would would either continue keeping things on hold or, or very shortly start to to turn and, and lower interest rates. Um, as we've got into 2024, that expectation seems to have eased off following comments from from central banks. But certainly, I think that that is a, a key factor in that. Um, and I think it's likely to remain so going going into to the new year. Um, certainly, our latest data for January shows that that we've continued to see outflows in ETF. So it doesn't seem like the picture is going to change too much. However, as we saw in 2023 in March, where there was that mini banking crisis that did elicit um, inflows into gold ETFs, um, uh, kind of as, a, as a, a safe haven play. So I think, you know, there is still that economic and geopolitical uncertainty that we see around the world. So potentially there is still there is still room for um, for central bank, uh, not central bank, sorry, ETF um, inflows to um, to reappear. Yeah. And I mean, if you then start uh, aligning that with central bank buying and then you look at the supply dynamics, uh, it is supportive of, of a higher price because if mine production, uh, according to the, the latest report, remained relatively flat last year. We did see recycling uh, tick up by around nine percent. So how do you interpret these supply dynamics considering the backdrop of uh, an already high gold price? So on the mine production side, uh, you're right, we, we saw a 1% increase in 2023. Uh, and in fact, uh, 2023's total fell just short of the record annual production set in 2018. Um, we had a very strong first half year versus a slightly uh, less strong uh, second half of the year. Um, but that shows the strength that we're seeing in, in mine production last year. And I think one of the key reasons for that is just an, an absence of, of disruptions. I think if you look back uh, two, three years 
um, we um, we saw that the, the impact of COVID and, and the long tail of disruptions in the industry that we saw there, um, as well as a few other incidents, um, kind of really hampered um, mine production. But if you look where we are now, we're very much back up to uh, the kind of the pre-pandemic levels. And I think you're seeing that mine production, at least, um, is, is relatively healthy on, on the... Um, recycling side you're absolutely right we saw a nine percent increase in recycling um in in 2023 but given the the increase in the gold price that we saw and in fact uh, the gold price was at record levels in many currencies um many may think that you would have seen a greater reaction to to recycling uh, than we actually did however i think um it certainly um it certainly shows that um you know we do see a reaction when the price increases um however i think that we're seeing a, a number of other factors at play the the extensive fiscal support that we saw helping to insulate the uh, consumers from from some price increases and, and obviously that means that their finances are in better shape they're in less need of of disposing of gold potentially um and secondly <clears throat> i think the stock of gold or the near market supply that we term it which is the gold that's readily available should the price increase um, that stock is relatively lower than it has been in previous years, um, which means that there is less gold that, that is able to come onto the market, even if the price increases significantly. So I think those are some of the factors that we're seeing on the supply side. Uh, so those supply factors are, are, again, certainly supportive of higher for longer prices. And then you've also got geopolitical tension to throw in to the mix here. So given that uh, we're just seeing a rising uh, geopolitical tension in the Middle East, continued war in uh, Ukraine, how does the World Gold Council foresee the gold market evolving this year, both from a supply and demand perspective? So I think um, certainly you're, you're right to pinpoint that the, the economic and, and geopolitical um, outlook is somewhat uncertain. And that, that that poses a lot of risk. I think you know those factors uh, are, are key to to potentially how gold may perform. Certainly, much of the discussion has been on soft landings and how various economies might emerge from the kind of the bout of inflation that we've had over the last couple of years. Um, and certainly, if you look at how gold may behave, certainly we. As I've already mentioned, we, we expect that central banks will remain um, a supportive element of demand. Um, it's likely that, you know, should interest rates come down at some point this year, that will potentially um, serve as a, a catalyst for, for investment in certain segments. But, but certainly overall on the supply side as well, that looks relatively stable. It certainly seems like there are key reasons to be optimistic of, on gold in 2024. And then just lastly, um, on the issue of uh, being responsible in the gold mining industry. It's uh, a big topic here at the uh, jo at the annual mining in Darby here in Cape Town, uh, along with the fact that I think there is uh, a more jaundiced view of ESG of late. Uh, I think uh, there's been too much greenwashing, uh, broadly speaking. I think in the mining industry, uh, even though the mining industry has often been fingered as uh, you know, a big um, environmental um polluter um, it's actually done more than most realize uh, in terms of 
uh, greening its supply chains, of uh, of uh, it's dealing with social and and labour issues through its social and labour plans. It pays huge royalties to a host government. So I think it's actually quite progressive when it comes to ESG as a membership organisation, really shaping the future of a responsible and accessible gold supply chain. How does the World Gold Council envision the role of gold evolving in the broader context of responsible and sustainable practices within the industry? Absolutely. So um, the gold industry has has for a while now looked to put in standards that, that can give investors uh, and, and the wider community uh, confidence that gold is being uh, responsibly mined and responsibly sourced. So we ourselves have been uh, participants in a number of initiatives like the Responsible Gold Mining Principles um, and, and the Responsible Gold Guidance um, that followed by the LBMA. And all, all these initiatives are put into place to try and address the material ESG risks associated with gold mining. So you're absolutely right that that certainly uh, the gold mining speci- uh, industry specifically has has put a lot of work in place and and has come a long way in terms of um, its role um, within within mining and and the sust- and the responsible and sustainable practice of that. Um, I believe that uh, we're going to see greater strides towards this as 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 we are in all industries. So um, yeah, I think you know it's certainly certainly one where where the gold industry I think has has put a lot of work in already and continues to do so. Thank you very much, uh, Christian Gopal, senior analyst, uh, EMEA at the World Gold Council, talking about uh, the outlook uh, from a supply and demand perspective for uh, the yellow metal, uh, and and the economics certainly still very supportive of a higher gold price. I have seen uh, some forecasts from the likes of UBS for a price at uh, as high as $2,350 an ounce, which would be a new record. We'll have to wait and see. You're listening to Classic Business.